Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday, and uh, Kathy, we have a very, very special guest uh, again, uh, Ken and Margie Blanchard. And Ken uh, uh, and Margie are both good friends of ours, and Ken was on before. He's, he shared... Uh, yes, but we haven't met Margie yet. No, or so the audience has not met excited. her yet. So we'll, we'll meet uh, the real uh, uh, story behind it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no doubt about it. I married above myself. That's it. You, mar- you married up. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> and uh, as everybody knows, uh, you know, Ken is a uh, famous uh, consultant speaker, wrote the One Minute Manager, uh, and lots of material. How many books have you written, Ken, altogether? They said it's about 65. <laughs> wow. 65 books. And, um, uh, and your company uh, is it still, it's called the Blanchard Companies, right? Mm hmm. Um, How's that going? What, what's happening? Our son, our son is the president now. Okay. Our daughter is the head of uh, marketing, and Margie's brother, who was born when she was a freshman at Cornell, he's our CEO. And Scott's wife, Madeline, has headed up all of our coaching in the past and now is doing all kinds of great stuff. Yeah. yeah. And through, I know through uh, COVID, because uh, you used to do mostly uh, live. And right. then you had to learn to do it differently. So how has that changed your company uh, in terms of now how you how you deliver your content? Tremendously. I mean, it's we're doing an awful lot of instructor-led over video. Um, I think I heard last month we did over 600 sessions that were remote mm. compared to at the beginning of COVID. Maybe we were doing 15. So mm. there's been a large wow. change. Wow. Not only now, has that larger. enabled you to reach a larger audience with the coaching as well then? It has, and and also allowed us to spread training out. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a two-day event, it's over six weeks, it's often with a cohort, often That's you're great. being trained with the people that you work with. So it's, it's actually, in a weird way, been a blessing mm-hmm. to um, the whole learning process. That's great. That's neat. Well, um, Tell us uh, a little bit about um, how you two met, uh, and then what led you, you know, to get married, and then tell us about how long you've been married and and uh, your family a little bit. Uh, what? How did you? Where did you meet? When did you meet? How did all that happen? Well, <laughs> we met at Cornell, right? And uh, uh, Margie was dating a. A good friend of mine who was a great dancer. Uh oh. <laughs> and we always would end up having to all back off the floor while Dick and Margie went out there and did their thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, then she ended up going out with another good buddy of mine, Lee Schmaltz. And that's how we started to talk. I had graduated and it was senior week. And there was a party over at, at Lee's uh, fraternity. And I used to go to different places and not just hang out at our fraternity and he said what are you going to do this 
summer, I said, I'm going to be in Ithaca taking a couple of courses and playing golf. I always do that. Uh, it's, uh, it's great. And then Margie said, you're going to be there too. What were you doing there? So I, I was a speech therapist going into my mm -hmm. year, and I had a job at an Easter Seal camp about eight miles out of Ithaca. So it registered in my mind that Ken was going to be there, but not very hard. <laughs> <laughs> and on my first day off, when we went into Ithaca with a new friend, I said, there's one person I know that's here. And we went looking for Ken, and I found a roommate of his uh, at a fraternity he was staying and never got to see him. But then he followed up on that and invited me out um, for a drink as a favor to his friend who and we fell in love <laughs> we especially fell in love when i brought him to meet my family who were vacationing at skinny atlas and ken just thought they were cute and fun and funny and and um we're all a little strange anyway but there were <laughs> my sister at the time was negotiating with my parents to be able to sit on the dock in the hoist with her boyfriend at night. And there was great problems going on about that. And Ken thought that was absolutely darling. And <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he fell in love with Skinny Atlas. He fell in love with me and we married a year later. Oh. So, so did he turn out to be a good dancer too? Very important he question. Did. He turned out to oh, be good, good. <laughs> very, very important. And, uh, but I think the family thing was the most important, I think. Yeah. The fact that um, my dad's a very handy guy. A lot of people were intimidated by him. Ken wasn't the least bit intimidated by my dad. Mm -hmm. He'd just follow him around and offer him tools and stuff like that. But <laughs> That's great. He, so, uh, so were you um, then, Ken? Were you then in grad school uh, when you got married, Ken? Or what? What, yeah, what were you so doing I, then? I graduated when I graduated, which was uh, when I met Margie. I started my master's degree at Colgate. Uh, I wanted to be a dean of students, and they told me I should uh, get a degree in educational leadership. And so there was a program at Colgate, and I applied and got in uh, provisionally because <laughs> I, I wasn't a great student. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was a government major in philosophy, and, and the education courses seemed kind of boring to me. And I'm sitting at the bar at the Colgate Inn. Um, bemoaning that I'm going to be here for two years taking these courses and just the way God works there was a young uh, uh, assistant professor of sociology sitting next to me his wife was backpacking up their stuff and and I was complaining to him and he said well, why don't you come and major with me and I said well, what's that he said sociology I said what do you do he said we study uh, leadership and groups and teams and that's mm. that so I switched and got a master's in sociology and Oh. And I'm ready to be a dean. They said, no, you need a doctor's degree. I said, doctor's degree? <laughs> you know. uh, and that's it. So I had, had taken a course from a wonderful guy who taught educational leadership one summer. And I called him. I said, would you provisionally accept me into your doctoral program? <laughs> and he did. So I'm a provisional guy. <laughs> I ended up getting a PhD in educational leadership and and uh, and all, and so uh, that was fun. Margie pursued her degree and 
speech pathology, and where else did you go from there? Well, I wound up going back, to, when we went back to Cornell, I got my master's degree, mostly working with the stuttering population of students. Oh, interesting. At, um, at Cornell, and very fascinating work, and um, and got my master's for that. And, and then we went off, Ken got his first job, finally, in Ohio University. And by then we had Scotty, who was a year old, and I was pregnant with Debbie, and we moved to Athens, Ohio, which mm -hmm. is pretty much in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, but a charming town, a charming, charming town. It was just in the middle of the 60s, though, you know, with mm -hmm. we would come out of the movie theater and there'd be tear gas in the streets because it was wow. over the Kent State world. Yeah, Kent State, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, we had been involved with the church as newly married couples, and I had been very involved as a teenager. But um, we we fell away from the church because of just the way that it treated the minister who was supporting some of the sit-ins. And we fell away from, from organized going to church probably for 10 years. Yeah. Because of wow. The, which was very sad in retrospect now because of our children not getting a foundation that mm -hmm. uh, you know we were easter and christmas people but not, <laughs> right it didn't um didn't really get back to a, an active faith until um we moved back to amherst and um and then finally went to california so it was a i think back on it now and i feel badly about that um not much support in the academic world for right. people going to church. I think we had one right. couple went to church yeah. of all of our friends. And um, so when we finally got to California, we, we got back into church and and then with some of the success that we had with the Young Presidents Organization and and especially the One Minute Manager, we had to we had to start, you know, looking at a much larger picture of our life. Right. Mm. And Ken, when, go the, ahead. Uh, when the One Minute Manager came out, it was so successful that I was invited on the Hour of Power yeah. with Robert Shula in yeah. his And we weren't really back uh, with our faith much uh, then. And, and Shula said, Ken, I love the One Minute Manager, but you know who's the greatest One Minute Manager of all time? And I said, Who's that? He said, Jesus. I said, mm. Really? Yeah. He was clear on goals, isn't that your first secret One Minute Goal Center? Yeah. He said, you and Tom Peters did event management by wandering around. Jesus did. He wandered from one little village to another little village. If anybody showed interest, he'd praise him, heal him. Isn't that your second secret woman of praising? Yeah. And if people stepped out of line, he wasn't afraid to give him a woman of reprimand. He threw the moneylenders out of the temple. And isn't that your third secret woman of reprimand? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, so it kind of opened our eyes to the whole thing. And then we started to read the gospel and laugh because everything we had ever taught about leadership Jesus did with these 12 incompetent guys he hired you wouldn't have hired that lot and uh, <laughs> so it was a uh, was right kind of an interesting journey and then we get a call with, we write a book with Norman Vincent Peale yeah he and his wife Ruth had a tremendous impact on yeah, they did. our lives what did, what did they tell us Marge about our faith <laughs> That we hadn't suited up yet, but we've <laughs> always, always been on the Lord's team, but we just hadn't suited up yet. So the, the no. crop, when when are we going to suit up? And um, and also, we were pretty impressed by the Young Presidents Organization. These were young men, mostly, who become presidents before at the age of forty, and their lives, a lot of them, were a total mess. 
You know, mm. they, uh, money did not make them happy. In fact, there were many divorces. Um, yeah. It, it caused us to really start thinking about what was most important. And mm. it, it was actually wonderful preparation for the success that we then experienced with the One Minute Manager. And we were, I think, more aware of the, the trappings of success and what mm. it could be a couple That's good. like that. So that was that was helpful. How many how many years had you been married when the uh, when you had gone through and developed that one minute manager? Well, we got married in '62, uh, so it would have been 20 years. Because mm. it came out in '82. Yeah, 20, 20 years. years. And you had by that time you had moved out to California. Yeah. Yes. We had, yeah. Okay. Uh, and the one minute manager came out, um, and then is that when you started your your company? Uh, how how did your company come yeah. about? Because I know Margie's been very active in that. Uh, Whole thing. Well, we actually started the company before the one minute manager came out because <clears throat> when we got out there, this young president's group invited us to do sessions for them and they really loved what we did. And they said, What you we were go we were there for a one year sabbatical leave. What are you gonna do at the end of the year? And we said we're going back to the university. And they said, No, you're not. And we said, What do you mean? You're gonna start your own company. And he said, We can't even balance our own checkbook. How are we <laughs> they said, We'll help you and Five YPOers, one from San Diego, mm. one from Oregon, one from Illinois, mm. one from Pennsylvania, one from Mexico City, all volunteered to be our advisory board, flew to California, helped to set up the company. They were just amazing. We also had clients. We had clients before we had a company. Sure. That's I, amazing. I advise that. <laughs> you know, if you've got <laughs> people that want you to do things even before you have a company or yeah. letterhead or yeah. anything, we <laughs> actually, had a, actually have something to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too. And so uh, we were very blessed when I think back on it just to, um, and, and the young presidents were very hungry for information. They were, you know, in the middle of either inheriting a company or growing one. They were front row people. Mm -hmm. They were our age also. Half the time I started speaking for them as well. And half the time I was speaking and wishing I was in another session because I wanted to learn what was in that other <laughs> So it was a very heady time, but also a, a wonderful experience to have clients and also um, people that had small enough organizations that they could they could implement what it was we were teaching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was a, a very, a very, uh, and then it brought us into contact with not only Norman Vincent Peale, but Bill Hybels and Bob Buford and people that um, really were very interested in these mega churches, very interested mm -hmm. in what was happening um, in the church world, but also um, were very grounded in their faith. And I think that that was mm -hmm. the best. That's great. All of a sudden we had friends and colleagues who, who were believers and were, you know, that whole idea of surrounding yourself with people mm -hmm who um, support you in your faith is really an important idea. And yes. <laughs> I think it's one that um, we were just very blessed with, yeah. with the people that came into our lives. Yeah. Bob Buford started Halftime, which was kind of helping people move from success to significance. Yeah. You know, very mm. faith-based. Faith and uh, he uh, said to me, Ken, I hope you don't mind if I ask the, the brightest member of your family to be on my board. So Margie was on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I had more like twenty years. It was yeah. amazing. It was an amazing experience. So very good experience. Yeah. What That's was it uh, you talked about? Um, 
there, there became a moment, as you, you phrased it, as you suited up uh, and really then uh, embraced walking with, with God, walking with Christ. What, when was that and what, what led to that? Um, and then we can talk a little bit about what that, what that means to you. Well, I think what led to that is the Lord sending us all these people, like mm-hmm. Norton, Ruth Peel and then Buford and Bill Hybels and, you know, all of them. And, and uh, so uh, they really kind of put the squeeze on us, you know. And so we, we really could see what that was happening with their lives and meeting people with them and, and said, this is really silly not to, <clears throat> to have a teammate in the, in the, in the Lord. We life. had a we had a difficult experience with the president of our company, and Ken finally just bowed his head and said, "I can't do this by myself. Mm-hmm. I need your support." Mm. And um, that was Ken. Ken lives his faith out loud, so I'm watching that, you know. And uh, and so he really submitted. And then again, more people came into our lives that that had um, support and messages for that. And about two years later. I did the same thing, just said, mm. I, I can't do this alone. By then I was president of the company and, and, and needed all the help I could get. And so it was a gradual process, I would say. But more than anything, um, we went to Marriage Encounter, which was a wonderful thing, um, invested in our, in our marriage. Um, we, we went through a year of counseling um, because when I was doing my doctorate, I, that's a very, a very isolating experience. I think I lost my entire personality and I had to get it back. And, mm-hmm. and mm. we had a wonderful therapist who worked with us for a, a year, actually, when we first moved to California. Um, we joined a church. So things, you know, personally started working for us. Yeah. What, uh, as you, uh, and how many uh, years ago was that? Would you say, uh, as you as you look at your history, how many years have you been married? By the way, sixty. Sixty years. Wow! <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Things really started to heat up when <coughs> we were married about twenty five years when when Margie <coughs> when she signed up. You know, I went off to a workshop. Bill Hodges gave Margie a book. Who was that book by? Um, it was called The Reason Why. And yeah. It was by by an Australian, a wonderful guy, and I read it that afternoon while everyone mm-hmm. was meeting. And at the end of the day, I just he asked for the order, and I just signed right up, and that, <laughs> that was a, a good thing. That's awesome. How did that? How old were your children then when that took place? And how did you guys stepping into a stronger faith affect them at that point in the game? Oh, I think then they were off at college. Probably. Oh, okay. And so I, I don't think it had quite the impact. I think mm-hmm. they worried in some level, you know, what was happening to mm-hmm. our friends. Some of our friends worried that Ken was going to sort of go off the deep end. <laughs> and all that. But, um, but, I, but we also had some interesting experiences. Um, after about, I'd say, 15 years, we had just moved to Amherst, or no, California, and I, I finally decided to stop trying to change Ken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't working anyway. Yeah, he, yeah, never, yeah. he was never going to be handy like my father. He was never going to, all the things. And I looked at him and I thought, you know, he's such a wonderful person. And, and then he has some of these things that I don't like. And I decided <laughs> that I was just going to love the whole package. 
that you know if ken wanted to change let god change him but yeah. i was gonna get off mm -hmm. that and that was a very important time yeah. i think mm -hmm. who've been married a long time will almost tell you when they decided to stop changing their their spouse <laughs> to start loving the whole package and so i think that was a really and, and i think thing. people who break up focus on the two things that bugged them right right not on the positive things that uh, brought them together initially really, mm -hmm. is, really is sad so we were really fortunate to that margie decided to fall in, <laughs> in love with my total package that's it that's it <laughs> Uh, and we can see how it's easy for you to uh, fall in love with her on the other side. You didn't have to worry about that. She was already pretty pretty cool, right? I know, yeah. So, uh, she was doing just great. Yeah. What, uh, what role, um, as you then embraced it deeper, uh, has scripture, you know, time in the word, abiding, uh, prayer, dialogue with God? How, how, what role has that played now as you've grown uh, together in Christ? <clears throat> Well, I think we both have our own way that we keep up. You know, I, I do a lot of readings in the morning in the Daily Word and, and uh, you know, Jesus Calling and all. And then Margie does her own yeah. readings and all. And then we will talk and all. But we, we haven't really sat down and done, you know, Bible study per se together. No. Uh, although we, uh, we we share what we're learning. And, yeah. Yeah, that's normally, by the way, how we recommend people is that don't worry about studying together. It's just study your personal time and then share it with each other. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. healthy. Ken, Ken's very eager to share. He loves talking out loud about everything he's learning, which is great. And you know, I also read a lot, and then I tell him what I'm learning, and then he lectures on it. <laughs> <laughs> very the, auditory. The, pr the professor, right? <laughs> I, I don't like to read that much. I like to hear about it. Yeah. Mm. reads and tells me. Yeah. <laughs> We've also, though, I think, um, you know, when you ask yourself, who has a marriage that you'd like to model your marriage after? Mm -hmm. There aren't a lot of, there aren't a lot of models out there. No. So we looked at our mm -hmm. parents and they stayed together, which was great. And they loved each other, but, you know, they certainly weren't a team the way we wanted to be a team. And mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, Rick, I think that seminar we did with you and those other couples around unity, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. that, um, that we needed to, with important decisions, really take into consideration what both of us felt. Right. And if we couldn't agree, then we needed to postpone making the decision right. instead of just, you know, steamrolling over <laughs> and mm -hmm. where both in our own marriage as well as others, and especially in my parents' marriage, there was some steamrolling that went on mm -hmm. and, and some of the things. And so we, Ken's secretary at the time, every time we had to make a decision about the use of money, the, you know, the use of time, mostly, especially time mm -hmm. and travel, and stuff, she would say, we need a unity decision. It would go right on our calendar. We need a unity <laughs> decision. You guys need to get together and you need to either decide what we're going to do or you or we just mm -hmm. need to decide not to decide and uh but i think in the in the background of it all we really wanted to be a strong team and mm -hmm. to each other's um, point of view even if they were different and when it comes down to spending money and time and um 
all of the things that are that are really important um, if you can figure out a way to um, negotiate those times I think that's a very very important thing and you know praying together praying over decisions um, I, I think whether you're a team sort of plays out in the way you make those decisions and how do you feel about them and things like that yeah. so. how have you two uh, as you talk about teamwork and going to unity how have you actually approached that together what, what kind of things do you do to actually work through that to, to get to oneness and understanding. Well, we have one rule is we never go to bed uh, upset. Yeah. We'll stay up all night to make sure we work through it yeah. or, or <laughs> table it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> to get back to it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I think we've also tried things that haven't worked. Like, I remember one time we decided that we were. You know, we were the use of uh, money, giving money away. Ken and I were each going to have our own little pot of money that we could decide on our own what to give to the church or mm -hmm. to keep our kids or whatever. And we each had our own little pot. Well, Ken went right, he blew right through his pot right away. <laughs> and, and that's when we decided that at least at a certain amount we needed to get together. And, and work through it and and really take the time and not simmer with resentment or anything like that. Mm. Um, I think you you really do need to to carve out the time to have those discussions even if they yes even if mm -hmm. they don't they're not your favorite things to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm much better doing anything like that in the morning you know and so our our big discussions about use of time, whether we're going to do this, need to be more in the morning. By evening, I'm tired. That's an important thing to note, too, you know, to know your patterns with that. <laughs> so. We also did a, a, a bunch of that date night, you know, concept, yep. where you, you go out to, to dinner and the rule is you can't talk about work, you can't right. talk about right. issues, mm -hmm. but your relationship, and that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. We we try to encourage couples to do that who, uh, you know, have that date night and um, and when you go out, you know, what what do you guys talk about? What do you what do you when you go out on your little date night? Still, sixty years later, why? Yeah. What what do you? How do you approach that together? Well, one of the things is what what are we going to do with money? <laughs> opportunities, opportunities. Yeah. One. Yeah. We started a thing called the ski. Which is stands for spend your kids' inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> so we told them that we weren't going to leave them any money. Uh, we were going to spend it on family opportunities. Yeah. So, uh, like uh, this next Thursday, we've hired a private plane to fly eight dogs and eight people across the country. Ah, uh, and where will you be going? Back to, back back to San Diego. Yeah, yeah, but, nice. Uh, <clears throat> it was really a problem for our kids, particularly they have the big dogs and they had to go to LA and it, if it was too hot one end they wouldn't let them fly and, and also we decided well one of the we, we call them the pup pup planes yeah it's a, it's a huge a huge expense but it's something that we can do and um, but it was a big decision because it would mean maybe we wouldn't take another vacation or something like mm -hmm. that so, you know you have to decide what's really important and um, and it plays itself plays itself out in that. We're at a time in our lives, which is a very sweet time, actually, I think, 
you know, our kids are doing well. Um, the the company's doing having its best year ever. But That's great. More than, more than that, we're we're just so grateful, you know, for even being healthy. Yeah. And for um, having each other right now, we have so many friends that are losing spouses, and so I think. I saw this happiness index one time that you start out in your 20s and 30s at like maybe 60 or 70 percent and then and then the the, the curve kind of goes down as you get more complicated and have kids and uh, are trying to <laughs> make your way in your life and everything and then it keeps going up and boy when you're in your 70s and 80s it's it's higher than it was when you were in your 20s or 30s and I I think that that's not an uncommon thing for um, for people who um, who are as blessed as we are anyway with with so many um, so many good things because those those middle years when you've got kids and you've got you're trying to make a career work and and you've got to work hard I mean you, you do have to work hard and there were mm-hmm. many years and you know, I felt badly for him that he wasn't around as much for the kids, just because the kids were so cute and everything, but he was having to do some other things. And, you know, but the one thing I will say is at least we agreed on that. I I don't ever remember saying if Ken was traveling, you know, well, it's too bad your dad's not here. Yeah. Because kids Mm. are smart. And if you're going to make, if you're going to make a decision like that, and one of you is going to be traveling or putting in late hours, it's better if you're a team and you know and you agree absolutely that you're a team and you don't let your kids think that there's something wrong about this decision because you have made that decision and so um obviously if you get way out of balance and you need to be brought back that's this movie that this mulligan movie that ken um has been involved with is about a guy that's let his work life ruin his family and um and he might be successful but he's separated his son doesn't mm. like him you know that kind of thing and so this is a, a wonderful reminder it will be a good movie for couples groups and churches yeah. I think. yeah we're going to uh uh we're coming to our end of this session we want to pick up again next next week with this topic of the movie and, and i want to come back to uh you know your uh, creating memories and talk a little bit about you know your beautiful place up there in, in uh, skinny Atlas, New York. Uh, a little yeah. bit of history with that, uh, Kathy, that I'd like uh, Margie to share, which actually is, is around mm-hmm. her family. Um, and then what they do every year and this opportunity to build uh, you know family memories um, as well as the movie and the ministry that you guys are both involved in. So we'll pick mm-hmm. that up again next time. Thank you so much for sharing your story congratulations uh, 60 years married that's fantastic that's amazing and yes. uh, we can tell that you actually like each other so that <laughs> that's <laughs> that's exciting uh to see how you become a team you know and uh, we encourage everybody that it's possible uh that you can as a couple become a team and like you said margie actually you it can get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter if you have a heart to to follow god in that so we're excited about that so kathy will Pick that up again tomorrow. We have End Times Friday tomorrow, and we'll, we'll be able to pick them up again next week. Great. Looking forward to it. You guys are such a joy to have on. Just love hearing your stories. So thank you for blessing everyone with your conversation and just sharing so openly. And we'll see you next week. Yep, we'll see you then. All right. Look forward to it. 
Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.